Hello and welcome to the Road to the Garden podcast. We're counting down the 12 days of Big Eastmas here. We're getting towards the end with the Yukon Huskies. I'm here with George Hathaway, our Yukon writer, who's going to be helping us out here with the preview. How are you doing today, George? I'm doing great, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. I feel like it's going to be a good year for Yukon, and I'm looking forward to see how this year is going to play out for him. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting offseason for Dan Hurley and the Huskies. And the calendar now flipping to November. We're getting oh so close to this season starting. UConn last year, 23 and 10, 13 and 6 in the Big East, good for third in the conference. They had some big wins last year, including that win over Auburn. Um, it was that was one of the only losses that Auburn had for quite a while there. Mm-hmm. The big meeting with Villanova in the semis of the Big East tournament, and then a loss to New Mexico State, second year in a row with an early exit from March Madness. <laughs> and now Dan Hurley hit the transfer portal pretty hard, looking for guys to make this team better. Lots of change, a lot of guys leaving, a lot of guys coming in. R.J. Cole, Tyrese Martin, Isaiah Whaley, all contributors last year rj cole first team all big east all these guys are on their way out add in jalen gaffney who's out a cook a cook he's out he's at georgetown brazil diggins is out uh, Corey floyd who was a red shirt last year also out also an interconference transfer to providence which we can we can touch on mm-hmm. but a lot of guys coming in for transfers Tristan Newton and Naheem Aline, a pair of guards from East Carolina and Virginia Tech, Hassan Diara from Texas A&M, Joey Calcaterra from San Diego, and Donovan Klingen, uh, the freshman seven-footer, seven-foot-two, is coming in as as part of uh, this resurgent recruiting that UConn is doing. You ask John Rothstein, projected starters like Tristan Newton, Jordan Hawkins, Andre Jackson, Samson Johnson, and Adama Sanogo. Andre Jackson, I believe, is also dealing with an injury. He's going to miss a little bit of time here at the start of the season. So, George, all that said, all the stuff putting together, how do you feel about this UConn team for next season? I feel like this is going to be a team uh, that's going to have to find their identity early on. Uh, A lot of new parts to this UConn team, as you just mentioned, Matt. And, you know, with a tough first-round exit last year, I bet Danny Hurley kind of went back to the drawing board and that's why he kind of brought in a lot of transfers this offseason because he has to figure out how is he going to fix those mistakes that we saw last year, you know, even against Villanova in the Big East tournament and then New Mexico State in the first round. And one of the big things I believe Danny Hurley is going to be focusing on is really spacing of that floor. And that's why we have some good cards like Newton and Aline that are going to kind of hopefully elevate UConn to that next level. And I think Tristan Newton is going to be one of the big players for UConn this year coming in, uh, averaging, you know, 17 points, five assists, four rebounds at ECU. I think he's going to provide a lot of valuable shooting that this team kind of lacked last season. And, you know, you, you talked about the starting lineup potentially. It's a very big man roster that we're going to kind of see. And uh, how is UConn going to u- utilize that? to maybe create some shooters. I mean, we saw Sonogo only shoot one three-point shot uh, the entire season last year. So, and, you know, you and I were talking and I said that he should probably shoot a little bit more from beyond the arc if he wants to create a little bit of that spacing and to elevate his game up that much more. That spacing is going to be huge for this team. Obviously, Sonogo is the preseason player of the, player of the year for the Big East here. Um, 
supposed to be really, really good this season. You want to create that space around him to allow him to operate the way he needs to. You talk about scoring. That's the issue for UConn in these postseason losses the last couple of years, just not able to get the ball in the basket as much as they need to, especially if you're going against a team with hot scorers. They didn't have guys that could really match that. And I think they made a concerted effort to change that both with personnel and scheme. Uh, we heard discussions of Dan Hurley wanting to do more four out stuff. Andre Jackson being able to play make and add a three ball to what he's able to do. Do you think, do you like the way that this lineup could look if you got four guards out there plus Adama Sonoga? I think it could work out really well. A uh, little bit of a different style of basketball. But I think if UConn can really find, like I mentioned earlier, their identity, if they can make this work with the four guards with Sonogu, I think that this is just going to create a lot of damage against anybody that they're going to be playing. Uh, if you can really uh, surround four shooters around Sonogu and you know you get some misses here and there, he's going to clean it up. He's going to get those rebounds. He averaged eight last season, and he'll just put them right back in the basket for you. So I think if UConn can utilize that, but then you're going to also have to have your guys go out there, go after their shots and get rebounds too. So it could work, but it also could be a downfall at at their expense as well if they are just undersized against a lot of these other uh, teams, and especially when we go into conference play with the Big East. Uh, it's going to be very tough to see how those first few games play out for UConn. Yeah, and this is a team, uh, according to Ken Palm, they were second in the country in offensive rebounding percentage last year. And just looking at the personnel, I don't think that's going to be the case again. And if it won't be, like you said, you actually have to hit the shots on the first try. You might not get some of those second tries this year, so you got to make that first try count. We'll see. Defensively, I think, is going to be interesting, too. Just changing personnel when you got that much change, they usually take some time to come together on defense. Uh, but they got a lot of guards who I think can play well at that end. Uh, where, do you, where did you see, uh, where do you have UConn in your preseason Big East rankings? For me, I had them third. I think that that is going to be a sweet spot for them. They can definitely move up in those rankings if they're able to really work things out as one cohesive unit. And I think third is a very solid answer for UConn in the Big East. A lot of people uh, have that for them. With the Big East, that you know, a lot of people are kind of questioning. It's a it's a very different conference this year. You know, you're losing, uh, you know, like Jay Wright with Villanova and you know his coaching and how he's gone. How is that going to play out for Villanova? Is that going to you know a lot of questions kind of yeah. go into play when you think about uh, the Big East this year. So I think UConn uh, will finish third like they did last season. Yeah, and that's that's where I had them. The coaches put them fourth, which surprised me a little bit. I, I had UConn above Xavier. I think you did as well. Mm-hmm. And Xavier ended up at two and Nova at three. UConn at four in that preseason coaches poll. UConn also just narrowly avoided the um, the top 25 in the AP yeah. poll. They're at 27. Um, Actually, it was Providence's Kevin McNamara who had them highest on his ballot. He had them at 15, I think is really interesting. And I I can understand that. I was a little bit surprised to see UConn not ranked. Do you have any thoughts on them not being up there? Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I honestly would have had them in the top 25, of course, towards that bottom half of uh, the AP top 25. 
they'll be in the 20s, but I think them not being in there and hitting at 27 will add more fuel to the fire for Danny Hurley and this new UConn team that we're kind of seeing right now. And you can only go up from here for UConn. So I think if they can kind of prove themselves the first few games of the season, set the tone of what this uh, UConn Husky basketball team really is, I think that they, they'll definitely be moving up uh, when it comes to the first uh, AP Top 25. Yeah, and you talk about games early in the season. I know we're going to look at the schedule here yes. and try to pick out a couple of UConn games that are must-watches on the schedule. There's a stretch here where they play a lot of really, really good basketball. Mm-hmm. Starting around Thanksgiving, no gamut games for UConn. They are not in that agreement because they joined the Big East partway through it. Yes. What that means for the future, I don't know. Uh, they seem the Big East said at media day they want to keep the Gavit games going. It'll continue for one more year next year, and we'll see. Presumably, UConn would be involved if they have a new agreement. But I think the game we have first on our list here is that whole tournament that that Phil Knight Invitational starting on Thanksgiving. That starts with Oregon. What are your thoughts on that tournament and what UConn could do there? This is going to be a true test. This is going to be kind of like playing in the NCAA tournament or even the Big East Conference play. A lot of competitive teams are going to be out here playing in the Phil Knight Invitational, starting off with the 21st-ranked team, Oregon, this year. So, I mean, right off the bat, UConn is just going to have a tough schedule kind of going into uh, you know Thanksgiving and the Phil Knight Invitational. So this will be kind of fun to watch. There will be a lot of learning for this UConn team playing some very tough non-conference teams uh this year so i think that this will be good for them they'll see what works for them they'll see what not what doesn't work for them at all and i think danny hurley will have uh, a very interesting time trying to figure things out you know what what are these matchups going to be like uh how are we going to pair our guys with uh adama sanogu as well so i think just kind of looking at that danny hurley is going to have a lot to uh, learn with this UConn team when it comes to the Phil Knight invitation, but it's going to be a lot of competitive basketball right out the gate that will really help UConn down the road, um, especially if they want to punch a ticket into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, about non-conference opponents, they might actually get a conference opponent yes. in non-conference play, depending on how things work. Uh, a quirk in that Phil Knight invitational is that UConn agreed to be part of that for this year before joining the big East. So they are in the same bracket as Villanova. They can't meet before the championship game. So odds are that they probably will not meet in this. It's hard mm-hmm. to predict that. Right. If they do, we could get three, even four meetings between Villanova and UConn this year. Uh, it'll be Oregon in that first game on Thanksgiving, either Alabama or Michigan State in the second one, and then UNC, Portland, Iowa State, or Villanova on Sunday of the Thanksgiving weekend. That's how that breaks down. And then immediately after that, they got the, the Big East Big 12 battle at home against Oklahoma State. Right. So I think you're going from one uh, you know, tough tournament to another one. Uh, this is going to be good for UConn so that they can, I mean, little, I mean, they might not have a lot of rest. They might be tired, especially after a lot of physicality um, in the Phil Knight Invitational with those tough teams. They might yeah. be a little banged up or bruised or just even just tired uh, from the long stretches of games that they're going to have to play. But like I said earlier, this is only going to set them up for success. This is what it's like playing in March, early April. You're going to go those stretches where you might have a day off in between before you play again 
and so it's going to be good for UConn. This is going to help them with their endurance. And a team that we we just talked about how we have four guards, you know, out there on the court at one time, that this will be good for those guards. They'll their mm-hmm. their pace of play will only be higher and faster for UConn coming out of these two tournaments. Yeah, and I think I look at Tristan Newton in particular there as a guy coming up from had a smaller program and a slightly smaller conference there in the American. Probably going to face some bigger, tougher dudes on an every night basis in the Big East. This gets you ready for it. And if he isn't ready for it, you're going to know early on. You're going to be able to make adjustments. Uh, if you look at after the Oklahoma State game, they go to Florida. That's a true road game at Florida. That is yeah. another interesting one. And then a couple early games here in the East play before and after the mm-hmm. new year. You want to talk about that that first one they got there between Christmas and New Year's? Yeah, so the one I'm really looking forward to is Villanova against UConn. That's going to be on December 28th. That's going to be a really good game. That's the third game for UConn in Big East Conference play. So, I mean, just right out the gates, UConn is just going to be getting hammered again uh, by Villanova if they don't meet already in the Phil Knight Invitational. But this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, It's going to be a good game for UConn at home. So, of course... It's going to be a great atmosphere for Husky fans against what we have now uh, as a 16th ranked Villanova. Um, But of course, that was going to change uh, as time goes on. But still, it's going to be another tough matchup and they will have to play each other again. And then the the last time, yeah, Yeah. the last time they played each other in that building, it was uh, an electric meeting. Yeah, Dan Hurley getting sent off early there. That was that was that part of that two night stretch in the Big East where UConn upsets Villanova with that crazy comeback late, and then Providence outlasts Xavier in triple overtime to yeah. win the Big East, only because UConn was able to beat Villanova the night before. Right, like, which was got yeah, that's the craziest two night stretch in the Big East I think I've seen that wasn't the Big East tournament. And then the the last game we're going to touch on here is right after the new year. UConn heads to Providence to the building formerly known as the Dunkin' Donuts Center. They're gonna they're gonna play Providence in front of their own fans for the first time since rejoining the Big East here. I can tell you Providence fans are very, very happy to have this game so that they can get all of their anger out that's been penned up for quite a long time here. It's gonna be a, a raucous environment. Yeah. I mean, anytime you head up to Providence, uh, it's gonna be crazy atmosphere and i think uconn going there again to sit for the first time since like you said joining the big east this is going to be an amazing game to watch uh this is a two teams uh you know they played each other last year but that was at uconn a lot of uconn fans weren't too thrilled with the the providence meeting of how they didn't get to go up to then the dunk uh to go play so this is going to be very interesting. Two very, uh, very good, strong fan bases that have a lot of pride for their teams, and they're going at it. But I think it's going to be a really great uh, matchup for UConn. Um, again, I mean, right after the New Year's, it's it's going to be tough on the road. Uh, yeah. This is going to be a good, true test as well. There's a lot of those this year for UConn, especially with such a new team. We've seen a lot of moving pieces, guys going out, and then we have a good transfer class coming in now. How is it going to work, especially for an environment uh, like it is in Providence? Yeah, 
Yeah, and this is this is a program in UConn, a very proud program with high expectations. The schedule matches that. They finished last year at 22nd in Ken Palm. They start this year at 27th. So yeah, right off like and right off the bat, all these a whole bunch of top 50 opponents. Yes. The, it'll be very, very fun. We'll, we'll get to see how well they earn that ranking right off the bat. We're gonna wrap up here with one final question for you, George. Mm-hmm. For this upcoming season. What does success look like for the UConn Huskies? So success for me for UConn would be making it out of the first round. Uh, The last two years, they've struggled to do so. And I think with a new team kind of built around Danny Hurley, if they can make it out of the first round, go on to the second round, because last year there's high hopes this team, you know, could, could it be a Cinderella team or could they go, you know, make it past the first, second round, uh, which was uh, a lot of, questions that people had but now it's just making it out of the first round that's going to be you know the kind of the minimum right there for UConn and if they're able to do so I think that's a good success that's a good season for UConn and of course you know making a push at the Big East tournament as well I mean it's been a while since we've seen UConn win uh, one of the best tournaments in college basketball for the Big East uh, tournament so I think if they can make a push in March I think that's a success for them I agree. And I think I think it was for Xavier. I said success for them was three postseason wins. Doesn't matter which tournament they come <laughs> in. I think that could probably also apply to UConn yes, here. I agree. Well, I think it I think it comes with the minimum of one in the NCAA tournament, though, because I winning the Big East tournament and then going to March Madness and not winning a game again, I think that's a disappointment. It so is. you gotta you gotta get at least one, maybe two in March and the March Madness to to feel good about that one. Expectations are high in stores as they yes. should be with this coach. These guys coming in and there's an eye towards the future there too with that recruiting class they got coming in the year after. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the long game we're talking about. Just 2022-23 right here. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for this UConn preview. George has his companion article up on the site right now, so make sure you go check that out and give it a read. And go back and look at the rest of our content if you haven't yet. Uh, we're going to have Villanova coming at you tomorrow, our preview for that one. So you're going to want to stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this. So that'll be in your feed. And follow us at Road to the Garden on Twitter to stay up to date with all of our content. That's George Hathaway. I'm Matt St. Jean. Thank you for listening.